and talking to our friends. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Hellboy Book Club. My name is John Salinas, and I'm here with... Aubrey Loveless. I'm Danielle. Hey, you damn guys. Hey. It's Hellboy time. Is it? This is our book club podcast. We're reading comics. It is. And you're going to tell us all about it. (laughs) Well, what we're going to do is we have previously told you what we're going to read. And so we're going to read it, and you're going to read it. And then we're going to talk about what we read, and you're going to listen to us talking about what we read. And then you're going to talk about what we talked about. When we talked about reading this thing, and then that's a hey, that's a hey, damn guys, you sent us an email or or social media somehow yes. connect with us on there and and give us that a message. Sometimes snail maybe mail. you throw a message into a bottle into the ocean. Don't do that. Don't litter. <laughs> um, and then we talk about what virtual you talked about ocean. when you talked virtual about bottle. us talking about uh, what we were talking about on the way. I I you, then we'll talk about what you talked about when you <laughs> talked about us talking about. The book, the book that we read, and that's a book club, and that's friendship. Back to you, John. Yes, yes. amazing. I love it every time. It's it's <laughs> so cobble, special. Try to cobble that together yeah, somehow. So special. Thank I, you. I have some. <laughs> I have some shouts Thanks. outs. Shouts outs for this week. Shouts outs. Yes, for this month, I guess. Mm. Um, I have several shouts outs. How many shouts outs? A lot. Several. Um, the first one is a double shout out for Bedrock City Comics. Double, double shout out, yeah. Bedrock City Comics, and Fabio Moon. Fabio, Fabio Moon, yeah, amazing. Thank you to Bedrock City Comics. I'll link them on social media. You know, they do a live show every Wednesday. Anybody can enter it. Um, even if you don't live here in Houston, you could still watch their live show. You could you could bid for comics. You know, they have they're auctioning comics off. Well, it's not an auction. They have them up there with the prices, and the prices are super good every week. Oh, so there's just like I want that, and then whoever says it first, whoever says claim first, gets it. It's a whole thing, man. Okay, all right. Um, But anyway, check that out. I'll link them in the show notes. So they had Fabio Moon at the store. You want to talk about this a little bit? So yeah, sure. It it was. uh, I I was going to get out of work early. And then I ended up leaving work later than usual. And oh, so shit. I was driving up there. And then you had already well, gotten So there. I work mm-hmm. right next to that place, like up the street. Yeah. And so I actually, yeah, I showed up first. And uh, I just kind of, I was hanging back because I didn't have right. the books. Oh, the and books I didn't were in my car. And finally, I just was like, fuck it. And I went up to him. I was like, hi, thank you for coming to Houston. And just chatted with him for a bit. He's super friendly. There was, you know nobody else yeah at the table at really? the time it was really yeah that, that, that's what was really kind of boggled my mind because yeah. i was like i was expecting like oh man i'm gonna have to wait in this line i kind of wanted to get there early i thought so there was gonna be a huge line yeah uh, but there were people filtering in and out yeah. and so he was very friendly and very generous with his time and was you know willing to talk even though he had just been on a plane which i can't fathom yeah so yeah. really appreciated that so, super nice <laughs> Yeah, he mentioned that he doesn't come to this part of the world very much. Right. Well, he was coming to do a con in Austin. Yeah. And so uh, the next day or something like that, or that weekend. So that's why he was uh, in Texas. Okay. But um, it was really cool. You know, uh, it was one of those things where when I got to meet him, we definitely had time to like hang out and talk with him, which was really nice. And I had this like portable recorder that I just got as a gift from somebody. And, like, I should have just turned it on, but I felt so weird about it. I didn't want to go up to rock up to his table and be like, oh, hey, can I record what yeah, we're about to talk about right little, now? <laughs> it's a little, you know, like, maybe he wasn't expecting I'm that. I'm still trying to figure out how I could do that. But, like, looking back on it, I could have totally done that because he was so cool. He's very chill. He probably would have let me but do it. But it. It, it, is, it is important, I think, to kind of feel it out for a little bit and, and 
recognize that not everybody will be comfortable with that yeah. or be just in the right mood for that on that day. Exactly. And so, or they're just, you know, maybe just not having it altogether. And so it was nice to kind of just do a friendly chat while he was signing books and we were just kind of chatting back and forth, asking questions and stuff. And I, as soon as we saw that he was at ease and it kind of organically came up that you yeah. do this podcast. Yeah. And so, Oh, I was going to ask you, did you bring up the podcast? Well, yeah, it came yeah. up organically. And so he was like, Oh, that's cool. And I was like, in fact, you know, if you'd like to just, you know, say one or two things for maybe a minute or so, that would be so awesome. He was like, yeah, absolutely. Sure. He was very, very friendly yeah, and very yeah. accommodating. And so, so generous with his time and so that was that was really nice so we did manage to just get a little bit yeah we got a little clip from him uh i'll put that in i haven't really figured out how to put it how to get that clip off the machine yet (laughs) i need to just look at it uh i just haven't gotten around to doing it to be it was the first time you've used it yeah for real so i still haven't even really gone back and listened to it but but yes we um, we were very mindful i think of of approaching him about that because we didn't want to just be like yeah walk up with a recorder Yeah, yeah, just very kind of. We wanted to make sure it was well, and and another thing was like we don't want to seem. It's also like you're also having a moment with a human person. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. not everything is, is needs, content. You know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. And like I wrestle with that too, but it was nice to just. I don't wrestle with that at all. It, I would prefer for nothing to be content. But like <laughs> we were having, we were having a great conversation with him, yeah. and, the, and like. But part of me was like, oh, I wish I wish we were recording this. I knew that you felt that way, which is why I kind of steered it towards yeah, that direction. Yeah. I personally would rather not to record anything ever. I hate <laughs> the fact that everyone's always recording stuff on their phones. I If I see someone pick up their phone and they look like they're recording a video, yeah. I just run away. Even if I'm like, I don't want to even be in the background. Right. I don't even want to be in the background of one of those. Well, this is just an audio recording. I know, it's just though. an audio recording, but still, it, like, it makes me feel so like, well, can't we just have a regular normal interaction right. with somebody? But. On this, at the same time, I do understand that you're running a podcast. So, so yeah. Did you talk to him about uh, like uh, BVRD vampire? Yes. So we did talk about Anders. One of the things that he said it's your was, "Boy, yeah, Simon Anders." He talked about how much freedom Mignola gave him and his brother Gabriel Ba with Anders. He basically said, "Y'all do it," you know. And I was like, "Were there any guidelines? Was there anything that you had to adhere to from the Hellboy universe?" And he said, "Well, you know, we had the stuff with Hecate." Right. So that was kind of like, that was kind of like, you know, that had to be in there. But, you know, other than that, they just got to do whatever they wanted. Sure. Basically with this character, Anders. That's awesome. It it seems like that's how like every person we talk to is involved in the stories. They always say like, yeah, Mignola just lets us do what we want. (laughs) Yeah. Except for these very specific things. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, but I mean, you got to have some, something. No, absolutely. I just, I just uh, think it's interesting that the things that he does choose to to speak up about like hey hang on though it's very important that this character's hands are a particular way right. or right. this or something yeah. this character has a specific whatever whatever yeah. which is super cool but I, I just like the fact that he gives them freedom and that's probably why like some of the, some of the, those artists best work of all time oh right. yeah, you know, yeah. It's because just, they do have that freedom to yeah. well he's provided a framework and within that framework you know, he he's carefully chosen this artist to do. I mean, that's and he, that's and their whole strength is they get to do what they're going to do within he, that framework. And he's created a world that people want. Yes, and, and are excited to draw. Yeah, and absolutely. Be part of. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I asked him how he divided up the duties with his brother Gabriel Ba because they do that story together. Um, Gabriel Ba does more of the grounded real world stuff, and then Fabio Moon does like 
the fantasy part you know what i mean when he's mm-hmm. in like this Mystical vampire world fantasy yeah and stuff. i was like was that fun to be able to were you like oh i want to do this you know fantasy world and he was like it was more that it suited our styles yeah you know it suited my style to do this and it suited his style to do that part you know he's very matter of fact really interesting yeah he's a very matter really of fact cool. kind of guy Everything was answered very simply, like, well, yeah, obviously it was this, yeah. which I found very charming. It was really cool. Well, at one point, uh, you know, he's signing. While while we're talking, he's signing oh, he's all, doing these... all the comics that I brought. I brought a ton of stuff. It was ridiculous it was, how much stuff. It was pretty ridiculous. <laughs> I At one point, I was like, oh, my God. Well, that's why I can't Dan, believe I'm standing next to this guy. <laughs> that's why you were meeting me there, because we were going to divide yes. it up between the two of us, because I figured there was going to be a line, and you would have some books, and I would have some. I managed but... to soften the blow a little bit. I was like, he's got... He's got quite a few books, and he was like, "No, it's okay, it's okay." I was yeah. like, "All right, I'm just, I'm just trying to." I rocked up there with like the 25 years of covers and the omnibus and all the issues and all the trades. And uh, he was very sweet. And oh, very by the way, so in the Hellboy in Mexico trade, he drew a Hellboy in yeah. there, and in the BPRD Vampire, he drew an Andrews in there. You got a lot of oh, remarks, which is really cool. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, you bought me a copy of Day Tripper. Girls and uh, Day Tripper stuff. Yeah, you bought me a copy of Day Tripper, and he remarked that as well. And then I also have How to Talk to Girls at Parties by him, Gabriel Bott, and Neil Gaiman. If you haven't read that, that's an amazing story. I have to, I have to let you borrow it. It's really okay. great. It's worth checking out. But he did a little remark in that one, and uh, he talked about the Brazilian cartoonist and screenwriter Laerte. Known for creating comic strips such as Pirates do Diete. Uh, she was part of the Brazilian underground comic scene of the 1980s. And he said that this artist was an inspiration for how to talk to girls at parties. Okay. Him and his brother were fans of that artist. And there's, I think there's a similar story where they go to a party and something weird happens or something like that. So That's awesome. Anyway, it was really cool to talk to him about that as well. Oh, but what I was saying is, so as we're talking to him... Uh, he's signing all the comics. Yeah. He's doing the remarks and all this stuff. And when he signs, he puts a little moon a little there. Moon. And you were like, oh, that is so cool. I wish my last name was Moon. And he goes, well, my last name really isn't Moon. He goes, so you can put whatever you want. You can put whatever you want. Yeah. And he said, Danielle Moon. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you could just do that. Awesome. <laughs> you can just do that. <laughs> you can just do it. I won't. <laughs> Which I thought was fun, though. I could. I thought it was really good. <laughs> Anyway, he was just so cool. Very friendly, he very down all the books. Very nice guy. Uh, he was really nice. And um, yeah, so hopefully I get that clip in there. Mm-hmm. Oh, so he was promoting, he has a comic that's coming out this month for I Hate Fairyland. Oh, that's from uh, <laughs> uh, Scotty Young. Yeah. yeah. And so he said that he, he's got some really wild art on that book that comes out this month. Oh, nice. So check that out. Check out that book, Fabio Moon. Man, what an awesome guy. It was really exciting. Thank you for letting us annoy the bejesus out of you. Yes, <laughs> yes it, was really, it was really nice, though, to have that time to be able to like just really talk to him. So that was really cool. Thank you also, Bedrock City Comics. Hey, damn guys. It's John. I don't have the audio clip. The reason the episode is late is because I came home to retrieve this audio clip, and what I figured out is I don't know how to use this audio recording little handheld device. Um, basically, I recorded a minute and a half of silence. So, unfortunately, I don't have that. But please uh, check out Fabio Moon, check out some of his other works, and check out Untold Tales of I Hate Fairyland out this month. Right now, you can go pick it up. So, thanks again, Fabio Moon. Sorry, guys. Okay, bye. All right. I also wanted to give you a shout-out. Me? 
Danielle. Yeah, <laughs> giving me a shout out. These awesome magician and the snake statues. Oh, my gosh. right. Yeah, so I shared it on our social media. So everybody two very really different those. styles, two very different sculptors. Yeah, so I haven't shared the second one. I'll be sharing it like right before this episode goes up, so everybody can check that one out too. Um, check out the artists that created those statues. They're all linked on the social media. Well, I was thinking about it, and um, our anniversary is coming up, and I was thinking about it, and uh, we, you know, we both have uh, shapes tattoos. I actually have the magician and the snake tattoo. I don't even know if we have a picture of that, but anyway, doesn't matter. So I was thinking about it, and I was. It dawned on me that there's no real life sculpture, official sculpture. There's For not. Sure, yeah. I I couldn't believe that there wasn't an official sculpture of the magician and the snake because there's a sculpture in the story. Like Mignola designed and drew yeah. the sculpture. It's in a bunch of different stories, and I can't believe it doesn't. It's not an official. Right. I can't believe it's, it's not such an official an iconic sculpture. Thing. So it really is, and so I decided to commission. A couple of sculptors to make two very different but very cool statues, little statues. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they're right there. I I, really I, I love the way they came out. Yeah, people love those on social media. They're awesome. There were yeah. tons of comments, people freaking out over it. Uh, Andrew Adair, book club member, book club member, book yes. club member, and uh, he creates our Witchfinder theme. Check him out in the Witch show Finder. notes if you want to download that. Um, but Andrew said this is gift giving at its finest. Ah, really nice. good. Yeah, it was. I was really impressed by that. That was very thoughtful. Yeah, I want to go ahead and just shout out real quick. Julia Patton uh, of Mystic Pots Studio. Uh, really just amazing to communicate with. And um, I, when I asked if I could commission her, she was very accommodating and very sweet and uh, kept me updated through the whole process. A lot of really excellent communication. And she was she's excellent. So if you just go check her out on, on Instagram or Etsy or whatever, she's got some fantastic stuff that she does. Her own stuff, but then um, occasionally will apparently take a commission. I don't know if I should say that. Maybe she's not. Maybe she just did that for me. But there was like a cool video on. Instagram she did a video too, and everything of the process, of like sculpting it. Sculpting really it. amazing. So she's she's very dedicated to her craft, and uh, so go check that out. Yes, awesome. I also wanted to shout out Jerry Turnbull. Jerry Turnbull, book club member. Yes, Jerry Turnbull. Uh, he did some awesome colorized versions of some recent pieces that i've had yeah i saw uh, those, those the mark really laszlo nice. one and the lawrence campbell one when he did the lawrence campbell one the book club piece as the comic that hellboy's reading you know he put the matt strackline comic the end <laughs> from uh that's the one that he did when uh bprd devil you know finished oh okay right yeah yeah um i think that's linked on our website i'll link it in the show notes as well yeah, that's a really good comic. That, it was really it. good. Yeah, so yeah. Matt loved that. He was super excited that that was put in there. <laughs> that's the comic that Hellboy's reading. Uh, really cool. That's canon or whatever, maybe. Um, it's canon, maybe. <laughs> we heard from Kid Furnace. Kid Furnace. Book club member. He and said, Furnace, apparently. Yes, and a kid and a furnace. Yeah. They said, Jerry is just the best. One of the reasons I keep my Facebook to check the Mignola group and the good work he does in there. Hey, if yes, that's not an yes. endorsement, I don't know what is. Yeah, so I, the same for me. Yeah, I don't, I don't get <laughs> I think I could. I think I could agree with that. So, yeah, you got to follow Mike Mignola's art. It's linked in our link tree. I'll also link it in the show notes as mm. well. All right. That was a big shouts outs for this week. Was it? Yes. Mm-hmm. We also... Uh, so Definitively, now yes. Definitively. Lots of big shouts outs. We're okay. just screaming. We are. We're just screaming now. <laughs> that's all we ever do. If I'm if I'm honest. Uh, so now we're gonna go on to our listener feedback. Listener feedback. feedback. Listener feedback. Yes. From the feedback. That's right. That was we're on it. We are. 
We <laughs> there was a high five uh. right there. Get out, trades and floppies. Get out, hardback copies. Digital is fine. Read along in time. Get out. So we got a, a written Hey You Damn Guys from Robert Noonan. Oh, okay. Robert Noonan. Book club member. Yes. And voice actor. <laughs> So I don't even know how to do this. I wish I could do his voice. I know. I just want to cut in. You can't. Well, I just want to cut in him saying, hey, you damn Give guys. Give me this. Give me this. <laughs> hey, okay. you damn guys. No, that's not right. That's pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty that was good. pretty good, Aubrey. <laughs> hey, you damn guys. This is Robert Newnham. Hey, you damn guys. No audio clip this time, I'm afraid. I haven't slept yet, and I'm quite exhausted. <laughs> so this is the best I can manage this week. I'm glad I wasn't imagining the Enkelodite connection. Thank you, Mark Tweedell. Your insights are always fascinating. <laughs> this story really makes me want to reread BPRD 1948 and The Visitor. Andrea Muti and Lee Lowridge previously worked on the short story The Beast of Ingelheim, which was meant to tie into the now-canceled miniseries The Last Night of St. Hagen. Oh, right. Yes. Here's a link to the Hellboy wiki page. If you'd like to see Sebastian Fumara's covers, the first three issues. Yes, shout out to the Hellboy wiki page. I'll also link that in the show notes. Nice. Um, Mark Tweedell, I think, is a large part of that. But mm. Mark has also said, hey, there's a bunch of other people that work on this, so it's not just me. So shout out to that crew. They're amazing. Early on in Time Out of Mind, Simon Broom says, My working hypothesis is that thought transference might operate on the lines of electromagnetism, and by extension, that apparitions are energetic in nature. This made me think of McWhorter's ghost cannon from BPRD End of Days. Oh, right, where he's shooting the... He makes them into, like... So he can shoot them out of the cannon, right? So oh. like spirits, remember? <laughs> I forgot about They're that. They're like tortured spirits of people, and he's using them as, like, lasers or whatever. Yeah. Also, the pages showing the alien's dimension's torn sky make me think to go back and check the Ogdru Jihad cocoon pages from Seed of Destruction and End of Days. And based on the similar effects surrounding it, it does indeed appear to be occupying its own plane of existence instead of just floating out in space somewhere. Yeah. So if you go back and look at it, and he actually linked it, I'll post a, I'll make a post as well. Like when you, whenever they show it, there's like a weird swirly thing yeah. happening behind it mm -hmm. in in space. Or Gotta whatever. love a weird so, swirly thing. Yeah, I love a swirly thing. <laughs> By the way, I found an Outerverse link in the island. I hope it's okay. That I included the comic pages. I know you own the digital omnibuses as well. <laughs> I just wanted to save you some time. I don't have Frankenstein New World yet, though. I'm waiting for the next Dark Horse sale. Good job. Good job. <laughs> that was really good. Um, thank you so much, Robert Noonan. And thank you, Danielle, I'm no for substitution that reading. For the no real substitution. Thing. But um, thank you for that reading. <laughs> it was really good. So the Outerverse link. So he posted a page of the island. He sent it to me. And it's one of the pages where they're talking about the flashback of what happened in Hyperborea. And it says, uh, it's talking about the golden people and then there's like a golden chalice or something like that. And I was like, it, but he didn't say what it is. Mm. He just posted the page. And so I'm just scratching my head <laughs> looking at this like, am I dumb? Like, why, why don't I know what he's talking about? So I don't know. Um, Robert, you gotta, you got you gotta, you gotta hand feed it, hand, hand spoon it well, to me or what whatever. If, what if the connection is something that we haven't gotten to yet? Maybe. I don't know. Um, so elaborate a little bit, I guess, if, if you can. Or if ever, if, if it's something obvious that the rest of you know, just kind of snicker and laugh. <laughs> <laughs> 
We may run a podcast about the subject, but we have absolutely no fucking idea what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Which really is the only qualification to, to have a podcast, I yes, think. Yes, it is. Just not know what the fuck you're talking about. We also heard from Billy Hines. Billy Hines. Book club member. Mm-hmm. Yes. He said, after Mignola stopped con sketching, I was able to get he and Fagredo to sign my art of Hellboy. Duncan Fagredo was dubious as it wasn't a book that his work was in. Mm-hmm. But I explained my plan to bookend the life of Hellboy... And Mike Mignola kindly did some shapes as a fancy signature. Nice. And so he, like, in the front of the book, he's got Mignola's signature, and he drew the shapes, the shapes. in there. shapes? Yeah. Nice. I retweeted that if, you, uh, if you're if you on Twitter. I should see if he has see, it on social media. and that's a cool media. way to get a remark because it's, it's just through it's shapes. It's just the shapes, I right? mean, you might as well draw them. And then in the back of the book, Duncan Fergredo drew a, Hell- a Hellboy sketch. Wow. So, wow. Yeah, it was really nice. Thanks for sharing that, Billy. Yeah. We also heard from... Christopher Vidastam. Mm. Christopher Vidastam. Book club member. Yes. He said, hey, you damn guys, Sweden represent. In general, I'm not very much into cheering for what my own country has brought to the world. Mm. I mean, Ikea is all right, but I fucking hate Abba. (laughs) 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 Sorry. Listen, that is your right to hate Abba. I fucking happen to love Abba. But I'm not from Sweden. I'm sure that would get yeah. super old super fast. So you know what? Good on you. But I'm I... also not a fan of ABBA. Okay. <laughs> Love ABBA. But again, I, I get it. I get it. I feel like I'm indifferent to them. Like you'll be like, oh, this is ABBA. And I'm like, oh, okay. Because you'll constantly, you'll hear a song like a hundred times. You'll be like, who is this? It's fucking ABBA. <laughs> That's Dancing Queen, right? Yeah. No. <laughs> But that's, that's an, an equally obvious song. Oh, well, that is ABBA. But okay. I, I thought you were talking about it. Anyway, oh, okay. I, get, I get it. If I was from Sweden, I'd probably be sick of it as well. I well, get it. Back in my younger days, I was like, oh, I hate ABBA. Now I'm all like, I don't care. They're great. <laughs> but when I got the news that Sweden's prime monster artist, Peter Bergting, was making his debut in the yeah. Hellboy universe, my heart was filled with pride and joy. Yeah. So I just had to listen to the episode where you dissected Frankenstein New World, even though I'm still back at... I'm still way back at episode 50-something, especially Aww. since I love the story. I'm up to date with the reading, at least. To get a story so far in the future was a great surprise. Also, Berting really got to show his skills with all the weird creatures he got to draw. Yeah. And combined with the colors by Michelle Madsen, wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that series was amazing. That's Absolutely. a beautiful book. He said, funny thing about the girl's name, Leah, seeing as Peter Berting is Swedish, I figured that maybe he had some influence over the writing as well, since Leah is a Swedish name. Cool. If that's the case, it's pronounced Lilja, and it means Lily the flower. Did we oh, pronounce it wrong yeah. the whole time? Yeah. Oh, no. But uh, Should we go back and correct it somehow? Yeah, let's go back. But Lilies. Yeah. Yeah, from Hellboy's Lilies. Blood. Right. So he got into the yeah. Iron Maiden and all the blood can. And I so... wish we had known how to pronounce that before we recorded Lilia. an entire fucking episode about <laughs> it. That's well, really upsetting. That's why it's a book club. How yeah. many other episodes have we done that? It's it's a staple I of the it, book club for us to pronounce. I don't like wrong. it. Oh man, Lilia. Oh. Peter Berting had a pretty cool last name. Also, it's made up of the words "berg," meaning mountain, and "ting," which means thing or an old world for court of law. In combination with the word "berg," my guess is its meaning is court of law, which would translate Berting's last name to. Court of Law in the Mountain. Cool. That sounds a bit troll-like to me, and I think it's something I find pretty cool. It's dope as fuck. Awesome. Anyway, enough with the Swedish lesson. Take care and keep being awesome. Swedish lesson's fucking sick. Christopher Vidastam. 
We love it. Thank oh, you. Man. So good. I love that knowledge drop like that. Yeah. That's why it's a book club. Yes. That's you know, why it's a book thank club. Thank you so much. I hope to hear from you again soon. We also. We also. I'll be first in <laughs> no. Take a chance on me. We also heard from Julian Zamo. Julian Zamo. Book club member. He said, hey, you damn guys. I finally listened to every episode of the podcast. Oh, thank you. Thanks for parasocially oh, wow. keeping me company on my bus rides and walks to and from college. Oh, we'll always keep you parasocially company yeah. on your bus rides and, and walks to college. So now I want to make our friendship less para and more social by sending my first Hey You Damn Guys. Yeah. I'm not counting the question to Adam Hughes or the message about the Iron Prometheus episode. So I think we have talked not about counting it. that. Yeah, Wait, no, so we've talked to you before. You, you, yeah, you do. So have to. it's fine. <laughs> this is the official one, I guess. We're friends. Anyway, my thoughts on Frankenstein New New World, it's really good, and the art is amazing. I love the friendship between Frankenstein, not a monster, and Lilia. The only thing I didn't like is that we know Frankenstein loses a sword to some frog people because of Sword of Hyperborea. Mm. I would have pre- preferred if this series ended with a teaser of Frank with the blade instead, mm. but that's not really the fault of the book. Mm-mm. Anyway, I've been waiting to share the reading order I made with you guys for a while. Ooh. I've been working on it for a bit over two years now. Wow. Oh, it wow. actually has several reading orders based on the different formats, trade paperback version, library, omnibus. One that is my ideal reading order that lists each story individually. And it's more than just a reading order. It's also a list of every comic in chronological order, including flashbacks and other events, a publication order, a fact section for new readers, and a list of every non-canonical Hellboy-related thing. Of course, huge thanks to our friend Mark Tweedell, book club member. I was about to say, watch your fucking back, Mark Tweedell. (laughs) He said for creating both the order for the book club and the Mignolaversity one, which mine is also based on. And also having direct input on it from our conversations. And so he shared the link. It's a Google Doc. Yeah. So he's nice. coming for Yeah, you. it's really cool. Well, um, actually, Mark and Julian are friends, you know, and I think that they collaborate, have collaborated. Oh, is, are they friends? Are they collaborating? I definitely uh, wasn't fucking joking everybody's, at all. Uh, <laughs> also wanted to shout out the Right Hand of Doom Book Club, a book club that's going on in the Mignolivers Discord. Oh, fun. It's hosted okay. by Julian and based on a modified version of the reading order, which was infi- inspired by this show. Oh. Oh, there you go. Cool. That's so wonderful. Well, our reading order is based on Mark Tweedo. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. I it's knew all that. Uh, it's all. Uh, it's That's an where Ouroboros. the joke came from. Yeah. It's a. <laughs> no, uh, it's really awesome that uh, our book club has inspired another book club. I yeah. think that's great. It's yeah. really good. Wow. That's, really that's good. amazing. We discuss what's basically a trade paperback's worth of content every week, mainly through text channels, but occasionally by optional voice chat, too. We're already up to the second plague of frogs, Omni, as I'm writing this email. Everyone that wants to participate is welcome to do so, so they link their schedule. So I'll put that in the show notes as well. Yeah, go go check that out. Go join up. Yeah. Go do another book club. That's fantastic. Yeah, he said, sorry for the long message. It's okay if you split it into different episodes. No, we will never we'll do never that. We'll never do that. <laughs> I'm already missing you guys, so I immediately started listening to book club members. Thank oh, you. Yay! Thank you. Yeah, go listen to book club members, yeah, comics. So, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right. The fun continues over at book club members, comics. We also got a Hey You Damn Guys from Andrew Adair. Andrew Adair. Book club member and Witchfinder theme composer. Witchfinder. Witchfinder. Andrew says, Hey, you damn guys. After this awesome interview with Michael Even Omin, I went and checked out Cave Carson has a cybernetic eye. Okay. Oh, okay. 
It's just your regular, super fun, super psychedelic, spelunking adventure, father-daughter relationship story. Great read. Yeah, just, you know, your run-of-the-mill standard, pretty bog standard. Follow-up by Cave Carson has an interstellar eye. If you like Oming, the covers alone are worth it. Keep up the good work. Love you guys. Andrew Adair. Yes, Love you, Andrew awesome. Adair. Thank you so much. And also... um. This month, Omin has Project Monarch coming out. I'm oh, really yay. excited for that. So, yeah. yeah, I want to check that out. You should, too. We also got a Hey You Damn Guys from Alex Kopech. Alex Kopech. Book club member. You don't say. Yeah, Alex says, when asked, who would you cast as Frankenstein? I'm going to say Luke Goss, but you guys beat me to it. Yes. Yeah. He's too handsome. 100%. So I'll just have to cast Howard's instead. I think Aaron Paul would be a great choice for him. There's a particular look he has at some point in Breaking Bad that really reminds me of Howard's unkempt look. When he has the beard when he's a prisoner? I also think he has an iconic voice that would also lend itself to the character. I have a ton more castings for the Hellboy universe, but instead of listening to them all now, I'll drip feed them over time so it won't be overwhelming. <laughs> Amateur casting director, Alex. Yes, awesome. I love it. Okay, right well, on. I, what about that Scars Guard? Like, um, uh, I'd put the Scars Guard in there. I'm thinking like... Uh, when he goes, like, when his eyes are all bugging out and stuff like that, Aaron Paul, you know what I mean? Well, when he's like, yeah. Yeah, when he's like losing it. Like, I could see, I could kind of see that. When he has that crazed mm, look. I don't know. Yeah. You know, there are parts where. I'm not yeah. entirely sold on that. Interesting. No shade to Aaron Paul. He's great. Yeah. But, but wh- who are you saying? What are, the, the, the big gigantic, what, the, the Skarsgård. He's gigantic. The Northman. The Northman, yeah. Yeah, yes. Alexander Skarsgård. Although, you, I guess he would be like, I don't know, maybe typecasting. You know, sure, maybe sure. he wouldn't dig that. But a scars guard type. Okay. <laughs> um, I actually like both of those choices. Yeah, those <laughs> are fine. both really good. Yeah. It's a hey damn guys from you know who. Hey Nor. That's right. Member. That's right. Great new world, you Franken guys. It's interesting <laughs> that being like Frankenstein for who most of his life up until the point that he fell underground. Frankenstein. Yeah. <laughs> was absolutely reviled and hated by humanity, would eventually become one of their saviors and basically have a religion centered around him as its spiritual leader. And while he may feel uncomfortable about the worshipy stuff, he is basically responsible for the hollow earth being its current habitable and non-monster-filled form. When mm-hmm. he fused with the Vril daughter and killed the Ogdru him, that is nonsense to anyone who has not read this, by the way. <laughs> He killed the Ogdru him that was there before it sort of kickstarted a miniature version of what would happen to the Earth's surface during Ragnarok. It's a hell of a sentence. I also think it's interesting that Frank is partly filled with the spirit of Hyperborean Blade and gains a small link to the previous wielders. Oh yeah, right. I know that basically happens to most of the characters we see that use it, but with Frank it's more interesting since we have seen time and again that the artificial men of the Hellboy universe are very susceptible to being inhabited by spirits and powers beyond mortal comprehension. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Roger being the main example. Yeah. But even as far back as Conqueror Worm, those machine zombies were stealing the energy from Roger because they were empty and wanted life energy. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. It's an interesting concept that kind of lingers in the background lore of this world. That is true. Yeah. Also, Luke Goss would be great casting, I know. Since he has the Prince Noir de Juju going on, but also because he played Frankenstein in a Hallmark adaptation of the original novel. What? Wait, Hallmark? What? <laughs> I gotta look for that. I need Jenny Nicholson's to look for that. <laughs> He's already a Frankenstein. Just give him a sword staff. <laughs> also, I love that so much of the new life on Earth has very alien biology compared to what we're familiar with. It really brings to mind the more recent realistic depictions of what extraterrestrial life would actually look like. 
being non-humanoid and possibly non-carbon based. Huh. Hell yeah. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. That's cool. Hell yeah. I'll talk about extraterrestrials. I really like that. Thank you so much, uh-huh. Hayden. That was really great. Yeah. Hell yeah. A Hallmark, um, the Hallmark Channel. <laughs> yeah, I gotta check that out. We yeah. also heard from Drew Campbell. Drew Campbell. Book club member. Yes. Drew said, as shitty as the Varzu are for what they did to the Banji villagers, I hate to think what, have, what would have happened to the Banji if Bintok's transformation had caught them by surprise. So remember, he was in that tent, and the ball went in there. They discovered that something messed up was happening to him. Mm. And then they put him in that glass thing or whatever. But, like, if they had just left him in the tent, like... That would have been terrible. Oh, right? That yeah. would have like spread to everybody or, I don't know, it could have been worse. That's interesting to think about. It's because Lilia called Frankenstein. Remember, she was like, mm-hmm. hey, you need to come over here and check this out. Frankenstein was like, this right. is fucked up. <laughs> 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 FYI, Nepenthe is a drug from Greek myth used to f- induce forgetfulness in order to ease pain and sorrow. Later, writers have identified it as borage, hemp, or opium. Also, Nepenthes is an existing genus of carnivorous plants that grow a pitcher that fills with fluid that attracts, then drowns its prey, which is typically insects, but some larger species can catch frogs, birds, and small mammals. I guess in the New World, they've evolved to be mobile and actively hunt their prey, which apparently still includes frogs. But they're frog people now, right? Yeah. So I like the idea that it's the pitcher plant type of thing. That and that's evolved cool. into the frog monster type of... Anyway, that's awesome. Thank you for that, Drew. He also said, I gotta be honest, when Peter Berting took over from Baltimore from Ben Stenbeck, it took me a while to warm up to his art. By that point, Stenbeck was one of my favorite artists, so it left some very big shoes to fill, like when Fregredo took over for Mignola or when Gaia Davis left BPRD. Yeah, do you remember that? God, Gaia Davis. Yeah. All that stuff is so good. Uh, I grew to appreciate Berting's art over time, but he never climbed to the top of my favorite list. Until now. His work on Frankenstein New World, in a way, uh, once again taken over from Stenbeck, is freakingly unbelievably good. The design for the subterranean human culture, the multiple frog cultures, and the New World flora and fauna are so incredible. He really makes the world feel strange yet familiar, majestic, beautiful, dangerous, and most of all, real. This really feels like a biosphere that has its origins in Ogdurham physiology. Also, if anyone wasn't convinced yet that Michelle Madsen is a worthy successor to Dave Stewart, this book absolutely removes all doubt. The colors in the story are perfect and really enhance the storytelling in every panel. This is truly a creative team that's firing on all cylinders, and I can't wait to see what they do next. Really good. Oh, yeah, yeah same. Thank you. We also heard from Jerry Turnbull. Jerry Turnbull, yes. book club member he and said, leader of the the Facebook yes, thing. Yes, Mike Mignola's art. The only reason people get on Facebook anymore is <laughs> yeah, it's mostly a fucking trash fire. He said uh, a nice extra layer of meaning. Lilia is Swedish, Finnish, and Icelandic for Lily. So again, he pointed oh. that out too. Yeah. So glad that we learned this after we recorded yeah. the episode. <laughs> then Pascal Manberg responded. Pascal Menberg. Book club member. That's right. He said, man, I didn't get that connection and I'm Swedish. (laughs) (laughs) He also said, I wonder if they chose Swedish because of Peter doing the art. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. That's sweet. Um, I did post this Howard's panel. They show a guy wielding the staff with the sword on the end of it and he's got a beard and we were like, who is this guy? Um, Jerry Turnbull and also O'Renee on Twitter. O'Renee. 
Book Club member. Yes. Mm-hmm. They both said it was old man dinner. Okay. Right. So the the member Howard's father has the has the sword before. Right on. Okay. okay. But I don't know. He never had it on his staff. So I don't know about that. But then also, it like, it gets shifted back and forth quite a bit. But if you see, he's jumping into a battle with people in armor, and they have swords, iron swords. Yeah. And aren't they like kind of like cave people or something like that? Or yeah, I they don't know. Are. So anyway, that was another thing that um, Julian Samo also pointed. You're that saying out. it's anachronistic and it doesn't make sense. I, I think it's somebody else. Okay. But I don't know. Um, Julian Zamo said, uh, I didn't notice the iron swords. I thought it was Denar. How crazy if it would be someone from King Arth- Arthur's court. King Arthur. Right. Ooh. Because Hellboy has some lineage to that or whatever, right? So that's really cool, too. We also heard from Wes Matice. Wes Matice. Book club member. He said, so there are seven Hyperborean princesses that were sent off to seven kingdoms that could yield fire. Do you think maybe there were seven men or warriors that wielded weapons of Hyperborea? No. Maybe that's, but he's saying maybe that's who that guy is. You know what I mean? Maybe that's the, I don't know. He said the sword was just one of them and then the spirit carries on to different holders, similar to how the Vril moves to others. Are all these beings connected, hive mind or something? Hmm. I, I mean, Frankenstein is bound to, they show that panel where they show him and then they show Howard's and then they show that beard. I've already guy. said my thing about this. Yeah, yeah. It's obviously, they're, it, they're, they're all experiencing time on a different yeah in a different way than we are experiencing time i think so, that um when we read uh ms truesdale we'll be able to talk about this a okay. little bit more yeah right. but that that's for a future episode <laughs> we also heard from mark tweedell by the way yes mark tweedell book club member yes multiversity's own check him out oh shouts out to the to matt strackvine matt strackvine shouts outs yes um if we if we talked about this on book club members but matt interviewed mark Yes. Very cute. For the letter hack on YouTube. Yes, I'll link that in the show notes as well. It's a great interview. I highly recommend you check it out. Worlds Worlds are are colliding. (laughs) Mark said, Michelle Madsen has been working on the Hellboy universe for so long. She's always stuck closely to Dave Stewart's lead, following his established language. What I find exciting about Frankenstein New World is that while there are still bits of the Dave Stewart language there, it's wide open for Michelle Madsen to firmly plant a flag and say, this corner is mine. I like the way... You yeah. put that. I'm yeah. saying it's it's the same language that they're operating in, but it, she has her own distinct yeah. style, but it's the same language. I would absolutely agree with that. Yeah. I think it's a oh, fabulous nice. way yeah. of putting that and lending respect to all involved artists. That's really nice. There were some panels that were recreated from Lawrence Campbell oh, by yeah. Peter Berting. Mm-hmm. Drew Campbell said, I wonder if they gave Berting the original pencils. <laughs> it looks like that right. when, you put, when you look at the comparison. Anyway, um, it's incredible. Finally, we also heard from Matt Smith. Matt Smith. Book club member. Yes, an artist for Hellboy, Bones of Giants, and other works. Oh, shit. Yeah. He That's said, awesome. Um, he said, I love this series so much. Um, I'm just glad that he's a fan of yes. the other works. You know what I mean? He's uh, he's also a fan of the other artists. and That's, that's awesome. really cool. All right. Yes, go I've ahead. I've got more business. Yes, go here. ahead. Okay. I just want to bring up really quick. It's the last couple of days before Grim Wilkins' Kickstarter mm. ends. So we really need to talk about this. Okay. Grim Wilkins got a Kickstarter right now for the next Mirinda book. And if I don't get this fucking book, I'm going to go absolutely fucking ballistic. Okay? I am going to freak out. I'm going to have a freak out. So we need to get this Kickstarter going. Please, 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 please. If you've already donated, if you can kick in a few more bucks, it would really help. If you haven't donated and you are able to, please do. 
If you can't donate any money, totally understandable, please share it because someone will see it and be like, oh, this is amazing. I have to have it. Oming tweeted support of it. Oh, I, nice. You know, I can't stress to you enough. This is an important book. Yeah. I feel like this is an important book. So yeah. I shared it on Instagram and got actually got a message from Grim Wilkins saying, oh, thanks so much. Really appreciate it. I'm hoping this Kickstarter has a strong finale so I can safely keep making these things. Last year, my two big projects for, this, for the year fell through at the same time, and it really strengthened my resolve to take things back into my own hands and make more comics like this. Yes, that yeah. is what we want. We want these indie uh, artists making these books because it's so refreshing. And I even told him, I was like, thank you for making this. You know, I thank you for the drawing you did and the, the book that I got. I'm going to treasure that forever. His work is a huge breath of fresh air. I desperately want to see this book succeed. I want him to keep creating this new art. It's rare to see such commitment, and it's rare to see a book like this. So it's just absolutely, yeah, it's yeah. just incredible. And we got to get this Kickstarter done. We have to. So I mean, his originality while paying homage to artists that inspire him is inspiring by itself. This is an awesome book, and I want to see it made. So yes. please, please, if you can, give it a look. Awesome. Yes. Thank you for mentioning that. Yeah, Grim Wilkins. He's awesome. Check out check out our episode on Miranda also. Yes, we did an episode volume. about it. Yeah. I'll link that in the show notes as well. And now we can go on to our next segment. What do you see? What do you say? Yes. What um, are you seeing and saying? Well, I have a uh I already have a listener feedback for what do you see, what do you say? Really? Oh wow, okay. Yes. From okay. Richard Milhouse Van Houten Nixon. <laughs> Richard Milhouse Van Houten Nixon. Everything's coming up, Milhouse. Yes, book club member. Uh, they said, since you guys mentioned Inuasha, I'd recommend checking out a film based on one of the one of its creators, Rumiko Takahashi's other works, Yurisi Yatsura, Beautiful Dreamer. It's a very fun film, and it's an early work for quote for Ghost in the Shell director Mamuro Oshi. Yeah, really cool. Um, yeah, okay. Well, I guess like, I'm the one who's been mentioning Inuasha. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'll definitely have to check that out. And I love uh, Ghost in the Shell. That's like probably my um, that one and Akira are my favorite uh, yes. anime anime films. Nice, nice. Um, yeah, we are actually almost done. We are in the final act. Okay, season of that. Nice. We just started that last night. What are you guys seeing? What are we seeing? Oh inside? yeah, so uh, we've been talking about the Underworld movies on the previous on our. I'm on not. I'm members. no longer talking about <laughs> so the Underworld after, movies. You're on after, your own. After number four, Danielle fell off. I had to tap out. I, I I already have number five. I have it. So I had to watch <laughs> Underworld Blood Wars. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> I actually thought it was great. Oh, okay. Okay. I, I really enjoyed it. Well, and maybe I, I'll and watch I heard. It. Uh, I think somebody said that it was the worst one. Oh. Wikipedia said that. Oh, okay. Shit. Uh, I thought it was more of a return to form. Return. Okay, because it had um, less of just the mindless action and more of haughty old school vampires oh, in it. amazing costumes. I love oh, okay. it. <laughs> okay. I love it. I'll okay, we'll out. have to check it yeah, out. Then. So that yeah. was pretty good. Um, I enjoyed all that. They had a they have a Charles Dance in there. I love a Charles Dance. Yeah, oh, so he's nice. really great. Um, it was bad. Charles I mean, Dance. it was a bad movie, but I think I, they they had more of the practical effects. I thought also for the werewolves, although a lot of it was still CGI bullshit. But the, oh sure. no, well they I mean you gotta a, expect a certain amount of that. But but they had more of um a British actor who's too good for this movie doing a dramatic werewolf guy. Oh, I love oh, nice. that. They had to get another Michael Sheen. Oh, that's one of my favorite okay. things. So, okay. And I thought he was pretty good. I have to watch anyway, this then. So anyway, it was, uh, I, I, I was, it was better than I was I'm back on board. Well, so Maybe because you were going in with such low expectations. Sure, yeah. maybe that's what it was. Yeah. That's what happened. Yeah. That's probably what it was. Um, 
Also kind of going along with Spooky Season, which is coming up soon, we rewatched Get Out. Yeah, so good. Yeah, I think I'd only seen that the first time that we watched it. And yeah, it was incredible. Well, it's a great movie. uh, It came onto some streaming platform. I can't remember which one it was, but I put it on and John was like, is this Get Out? Because we hadn't been able to watch it for a million (laughs) years. It was great. Highly recommend that movie. Really good stuff. A lot of subtlety in that movie. Yeah. Good stuff. Really good. I've been reading um, Stephen King's Salem's Lot. And by the time this episode drops, I'll be done with it. Okay, nice. Um, it's really good. And then it there's an introduction in the beginning where Stephen King talks about his ideas for this. He's like, he, he goes on and talks about how his mother fostered his love of reading. And even though it's like she called stuff like Dracula trash, but she didn't stop him from reading it. <laughs> uh, but she, because he said there's trash and then there's bad trash. Oh, yeah. And so, you know. Um, <laughs> But then he talks about how like he was talking to his wife one day and he was just like, well, what if like Dracula didn't go into Victorian London? What if he came to like New York in the 70s? Yeah. And she's all like, nah, what if he came to a small town in Maine instead? And he came up with it. So basically, Salem's Lot is kind of a Dracula book oh, nice. set nice. in 1970s Maine. It's, okay. It's I'm going to check that out now. It's I don't know if I've ever good. read that. It's pretty good. I've never read it. It's one of his earlier works, too. So, I mean, there, there's some little things with it, but, you know, I don't really care. I mean, you know, it's, sure. Uh, okay. But, uh, I mean. It's of the times. Yeah. But uh, it's still pretty good. I really enjoy it, and I'm really enjoying it. And uh, book club member Hayden Noor. Hayden Noor. Book club member. That's right. Uh, when I was over on his podcast, uh, Last Book on the Shelf, go yes. check that one out. Link in the show notes. Uh, when we were talking about The Dark Tower, he was telling us that. Salem's Lot is like one of Mignola's favorite vampire books oh, okay. after Dracula. Right on. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So whether or not that's true, Hayden, um, I hope I didn't make you a liar. No, I trust him. <laughs> All yeah. right. Excellent. So, that's been a lot of fun. Also, plus one of the characters in there goes on to be in the Dark Tower series, which I'm still working my way through for a second time. Awesome. Thanks for all the feedback this week. And now we're going to go on to our book club episode for the week. And this week we're book talking- Book club episode. Yes. We're talking about Hellboy and the BPRD, The Return of Effie Kolb. This was published in 2020. Issue 1 came out in February, and Issue 2 came out in October. There's a big gap between there. I wonder in what happened in 2020 that would cause such a delay. I don't, don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. This is written by Mike Mignola and art by Zach Howard. Zach Howard is an artist who's worked on Marvel, Disney, DC Image, and IDW, amongst others, on titles like Wild Blue Yonder, Shaun of the Dead, Spider-Man, X-Men, G.I. Joe, The Cape, and Batman. In 2011, he had an Eisner nomination for Best Single Issue for his work on The Cape series. And this is his debut in the Hellboy universe. Colors by Dave Stewart, letters by Clem Robbins, and edited by Katie O'Brien. So we got this issue one cover. Oh, it's so good. I love the depiction of Hellboy. I think Zach, Zach Howard does a really cool Hellboy. It's kind of like a combination of Richard Corbin and Mignola, I feel like. I'll say I like this this patch on this on um, this girl's overalls on her knees. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a nice detail. I have to patch up the back pockets of my work jeans. I work in a shop, and they're always going out, so I have to replace them every once in a while. Nice. That's a story about me. That's a story about you. <laughs> So, obviously, this story is a sequel to Hellboy the Crooked Man. Is it? Yes. We discussed that story way back in episode 8 from <laughs> oh, 2018. God. Wow. So, um, have you had a chance to reread that at all, Aubrey? Uh, yeah, when they announced the movie, I reread it. You think you could give us a quick rundown of what happened in that story as I put you on the spot? All right. So, um, 
dude gets a chicken bone or something like that, and it's his magic bone. Uh, but then he goes and runs off with Effie Klob. Is it Klob or Klob? Kolb. Kolb. I kept saying Cobb for like for like a year. It might be Cobb. But it's, continue. Then he comes back. He, he's never used his magic bone because then the crooked man will come get him. Don't do it. Uh, but then he uses it, and the crooked man pops up, <gasps> and Effie turns into a horse at the end or something like yes. that. <laughs> back to you, John. Yeah, that was really good. So um, the Reverend. Oh, the Reverend. Reverend Watts helps him. And Reverend He's Watts, got that shovel. <laughs> yes. He gets the shovel. He puts the cross on it. It burns the, the thing into it. And then Hellboy goes out there and he just whacks the crooked man and beats oh. the shit out of him. And the artwork by Richard Corbin is so good in that. Yes. That's a story by Richard Corbin. Obviously, yeah. Rest in peace. And at the end, Hellboy and Tom Farrow, they go to this big house, this big mansion. And there they find what the crooked man really is. And it's some weird eyeball squid thing or something like that. Yeah. Right? He throws the bone at it, and then it like it goes away or whatever. It turns into like dust or something like that. Yeah. So anyway, that's how they defeat it. Now we're all caught up. <laughs> you can go back and check out episode eight if you want a more in-depth discussion on that. Oh, man. We open in Virginia, somewhere in the Appalachian Mountains. This is 1967, nine years after The Crooked Man. This little bird looks a little bit like a, uh, a golden crown kinglet. Or a yellow crown kinglet. Okay. But the markings don't exactly match up, so it might. I'm. I could be wrong because there's also there's like a hundred different species of birds that look like this. So, yeah. I probably am not right. I don't know. Thank you. For super, that cute. Super, yeah, super cute. Super cute though. I Thank you for that. this probably incorrect detail. He's right? getting a little treat. He is. He's getting a little treat. Yeah. We see the gravestones of Charles E. Farrell. That was Tom's dad, Cora Fisher, and Reverend Watts. It says, he fought the devil and he won. Yes. That's okay. pretty cool, yeah. So we get um, this little cabin here. So that's where the church was. But everything got all exploded and fucked up. So now it's like this little cabin. I love the pacing of this. You know, it's just very quiet as Hellboy walks up. So when he enters the cabin, uh, we get this fireplace mantle shot. And there's just a ton of Easter eggs on there, right? Um, we got the shovel there with the cross on it. We have a picture of Re Reverend Watts. And then as we kind of zoom in a little bit, we see he's got some little articles and pictures about Hellboy, too. So I thought that was a nice little detail. I wonder if those were his or if those were Reverend Watts. There's a lot of various mortars and pestles. Oh, right. There's like yeah. at least three different ones. There's like a little cup with pens in it. I love that. I like that. There's a lot of different ladles. You like a ladle? I love a ladle. Yeah. Love you got to get a stew going? I got to get a stew mm, going. Or a, a gumbo. Yeah. So, um, get a, get a gumbo happening. Hellboy meets with Tom Farrell. They talk about how Tom has aged and Hellboy hasn't. Also, how the ruins of the church were converted into this sweet cabin for him. It's pretty nice. It right? really it's is. It's a nice cabin. Yeah. Hellboy asks what happened to Reverend Watts. It's a big ass fireplace. Really nice, yeah. He says, Oh, well, you missed a hell of a show. Just after Hellboy left in 58, the Reverend got it in his head to call up those Melungian witches down in the mines. We didn't talk about that. The Melungian witches, mm. they got Cora Fisher, right? They turned her into a big bug thing. They or... fucking got oh, her. Right, yeah. yeah. When the Reverend raised the blessed shovel that Hellboy beat the Crooked Man with, uh, most of those witches just blew apart. But a fair number of them, he polished off himself with that magic shovel. Bram. I like that sound effect. That's good. <laughs> it makes me think of the Inception Bram. Absolutely. 100%. Oh, yes. Yeah. The detail of this. I mean, it's incredible the amount of detail that's in these pages. It's a lot of detail, John. 
Yeah, so I like that they had another another battle. You know, after Hellboy left, they're like, let's let's keep doing this shit. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> let's go. Fuck those evil <laughs> bastards up. Yeah, really nice. Had some adventures. Tom has lived a good life in the cabin. People see him as a witch doctor, but most come to hear the tale and look at the shovel. All the witches left the area as well, except for me, a voice says. And we are introduced to Sarah Mae Blackburn. Her folks kicked her out for being a witch. She stays with Tom now. Sometimes I know things before they happen. Right. So. Interesting. Mm. It is what it is. I love a very matter-of-fact approach to that. <laughs> One thing that I thought was interesting is Zach Howard got to design these characters. So Sarah Mae Blackburn, this is her first appearance. So he got to do her character design. Also, some of the other characters are going to pop up later. I like that she's just a normal person. Right. Tom called Hellboy out there because Sarah says something is coming. Something real bad, she finishes. Tom thinks it might have to do with the Crooked Man's big house. This is the one where they confronted him at the end and they turned out he was a tentacle monster, hoarding gold and all this stuff. Tom can't go with Hellboy because his leg is all messed up. In fact, all the years caught up with him after he tossed that lucky cat bone. Oh, a cat bone, not a chicken bone. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hellboy asks if Tom can draw a map. No kind of map going to do you any good up that way. So I wanted to talk about this. In The Crooked Man, when you go back and read that, when they're going up to that house, they go through this thing that they call the hurricane. And everything gets all weird. Mm-hmm. It becomes nighttime before it should. And there's like all this. It just gets weird. Yeah, it gets weird. And there's no So that's why he's like, I can't, no. I can't draw you a map. It's not going to. But I love this line too because it used to, it reminds me of, remember when people would draw you a map to get somewhere? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My dad, like he has a great layout of, I mean, of San Antonio. Um, that's where he lives, but he would always draw a map. He's like, and then you're going to do this. Yeah. And I remember like he would do that all the time. He would Absolutely. draw a little map. I Man, that's good shit. Sarah says she can take Hellboy, but Tom really doesn't like the sound of that. But Hellboy says he'll look after her. So uh, this is one thing I wanted to touch on too. So many times in the comics, Hellboy's like, he's good with kids. Yeah, yeah he really you know is. I mean? He interacts well with kids. He's the Wolverine of Hellboy. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> He's the Wolverine keep, with Hellboy. They keep pairing him up with these, yeah. these gals they're trying to push. No, well, there was also the little... Remember the little boy who could... He could project that monkey? Yes. And then later it was like a gorilla or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, he also helped I'm just saying, he's, they, they, if you want to put someone over, yeah. they pair him up with really either good. Wolverine or Hellboy. <laughs> now, mister, I guess I can look after myself, Sarah responds. And Tom tells them to take the magic shovel, but Sarah says... He needs to keep it close to him. They'll be all right. And so she runs off to join Hellboy. I love that panel. Um, oh, that yeah. One panel in the middle. I just love the the way all the figures are laid out. It's like you packed, you packed a lot of shit. And she's yeah. like, you never know what you're going to need out here because shit gets weird. Yeah, for real. Best to, be pre- best to be prepared. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> I like their dynamic because he's like, oh, sorry about your folks. And she's like, I don't, I don't want to talk about that. And he's like, all right. I love That's that, fine. too. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, no problem. Yeah. We also get some great flashbacks. I can't wait to make the comparison post between Richard Corbin and Zach Howard. I don't know that anyone else could recreate the creepiness of the Crooked Man, but here yeah, it looks incredible. So... Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. It's like when I when I was first reading this and I turned the page and I saw him, mean, it's just like that creepy feeling that you got and it just came, came back to me. <laughs> yeah. And so they talk about that, too. She's like, is all that true? And this and so... Um, we get some nice recreations throughout of those panels. Really nice job. You know, like, 
Richard Corbin, uh, unfortunately, like when this book was coming out, he was coming near the end of of his life, and he was he needed to have heart surgery and all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? And I don't really know who could take over for him. You know, but this guy, I think he, if anyone could do it, you know what I mean? I think that he does a really good job. Regarding all the witch stuff, Sarah says, if the devil had gotten Tom, if the devil had got hold of him, I guess he'd have took his soul down to hell. And Hellboy's like, never would have happened. I like that too, because she's worried that because she's a witch or she's been labeled a witch, like something's bad, something bad is going to happen to her. You yeah. Know? So I feel like he's also reassuring her in that moment, you know, with that line. Yeah. Hellboy's always good with kids. He says that um, he knows a lot of people who can do stuff like what she can do and they're not witches. Yeah, like she's like, I told you I see some things before. I know people, good people, people I work with. They see stuff all the time and they're not witches. <laughs> I know plenty of good people who are witches. I think that's fucking yeah. stupid. I think it's like you can be a witch and not be bad is probably the better thing to sure, tell her. Yeah. It's yeah. like it's fine if you're a witch. It doesn't fucking matter. Well, like I think... people, you can be good or bad. It doesn't fucking matter. But she follows up by saying, but there are things I can do sometimes. And then she doesn't get to finish. So we'll come back to that line later. But Hellboy's like, I wouldn't worry about it. And here he notices that things are getting weird, okay? It's getting dark before it's supposed to. And all the same kind of things that we saw in The Crooked Man. Tom said it's because they're on the devil's time. I told you, something's coming, Sarah says. Back at the cabin, Tom hears a familiar voice. Tommy! You like that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was a dirty trick you fellows played on me. It's Effie Cobb. Ain't no ghost, Tom. And no horse either. I love the art on this. It reminds me of, uh, it kind of gave me like um, some uh, Sam Raimi, Evil Dead, you know, kind of yeah. Army of Darkness vibes and stuff like that. The kind of animation almost when he pulls the shovel out, you know, I really like that too. The way that that's played out, the way that the colors are worked into it. He's like, uh, now you get, go on, get. I like when people say that. Man, it's like, that just kind of brings back... Um, hearing old people when i was a kid <laughs> we ain't done tommy not hardly done and then she like crashes into the ground i thought like some of this is kind of funny it's kind of humorous you know some of the body language and the way she's kind of flying around but tom farrell also seems like he's expent some energy doing that as well so we see effie kolb collapsed on the ground she's approached by a man there you are what do you think it's sneaking off like that you know you're not strong enough yet he says and he carries her home we get a nice owl shot, little mood shot there. I love that panel with the owl. Yeah, what do you think about that? I love it. Little moon, full moon. So we get this uh, shot with Hellboy and Sarah coming across the house. The lights are on. This is really awesome. I thought this was like a good like horror shot, you know, hard house. That's a great panel. Yeah. Yeah. Haunted house I shot. I love the creepy house. The house is like another character uh. in the story. <laughs> you like it when people say that. I love it. They discuss what to do next. I guess we could just, geez, Hellboy exclaims. And we see some, like, growling jaws. We think it's going to be like a big monster, but it's just the guard dog. A woman calls the dog back. She says she's sorry that the dog scared them, but they are trespassing. She says the house They're was... They're trespassing? Yeah. With trespassing. Sorry. Trespassing. Trespassing. You're trespassing. You're trespassing. Uh, how do they say, what's an Appalachian accent? No, or we're I not guess, doing that. Oh, no. well, I guess no. This lady's from New York. We're not doing can that. You do New, we're not doing that. You could do a New we're York accent. It. No. Come on. You, you can know, do. like New York City? She doesn't look like she's from New York City. She looks like from New York City, 1890. I was going to say. 1890. There you go. I don't think so. She says she's sorry that the dog scared them, but they are trespassing. 
She says the house was temporarily uninhabited and certainly neglected, but never abandoned. She represents the owner. The woman, Miss Brooke from New York, invites Hellboy and Sarah inside to see the appropriate paperwork. She's like, well, I think that panel is really cool, too. It's very, like, ominous, like, as they're being invited to this, uh, yeah, into the house. I like how she actually goes to get the paperwork, and Hellboy's like, um, that's all right. I really I don't know fucking care. <laughs> this is weird, and I don't care. Yeah, so as Hellboy's talking with Miss Brooke, we get some nice interaction with Sarah and the dog, Rava, which I thought was pretty cute. Yeah. Miss Brooke has an interest in Sarah. And when Hellboy tries to, like, intervene when she asks her, like, what they're doing there, she's like, oh, I'm talking to Sarah, if you don't mind. Um, and Sarah explains how sometimes she knows things, or she thinks she knows things. I thought something real bad was going to happen, she says. And Miss Brooke is like, well, what do you think now? I don't feel anything bad now. I'm a little confused. And so she asks for Sarah's hand, and Hellboy doesn't feel good about this at all. No. Um, she's like, you're a special girl, Sarah. She tells her, I'd like to tell you a secret. Blackburn, your name isn't really Blackburn, it's Blackbird. And you know what they say about Blackbird, Sarah. Blackbirds have to, but then she doesn't get to finish. Instead, they're interrupted by this falling bust of a statue. But uh, Blackbirds do come up. Do you want to hear some fun facts about Blackbirds? Yes, I do. Yes. The Blackbird has been seen as a sacred, though destructive bird in classical Greek folklore. The common Blackbird is known for its melodious, distinctive song. In the English Christmas Carol, The Twelve Days of Christmas, the line commonly sung as four calling birds is believed to have originally written as four collie birds, an archasm meaning black as coal, which was the common name of a blackbird. Hmm. The common blackbird, unlike many black creatures, is not normally seen as a symbol of bad luck, and it symbolized resignation in the 17th century tragic play. An alternate connotation is vigilance. The bird's clear cry, a warning of danger. The common blackbird is a national bird of Sweden. Nice. So there you go. We talked about Sweden earlier. Go. But Look, anyway. I feel like you should like put some blackbird sounds in I should do that, about. yes. Yeah. You should. But anyway, before Miss Brooke can say what blackbirds have to do, they are interrupted by her clumsy brother Carl dropping that bust. Oh, I was wondering if that bust, I was like, what is this note that I wrote? Is that bust anybody? Who is that? I don't know. Anyway. It looks like broom, kind of. It does look like broom. It does kind of look like broom in a weird way. In a weirding way. In a weirding way. After all this, Hellboy says they have to go. Miss Brooke is sorry that she can't offer them rooms, but gives them a lantern as they head out. And tells Sarah that she teaches at a school in New York. A special school for girls like her. New York City. New York City. In New York City. She gives Sarah a picture of the school. New York City. You look at that, she says. Think about it, and maybe you'll come see me again. She gives her this picture, then there's a loud boom as she closes the door. Inside, we see Carl ask Amelia, what is she doing? Outside, Hellboy asks Sarah if she's okay. I'm okay, she says, but it's like that tiny yeah. tiny font that Clem Robbins does sometimes. Which means you say that she's speaking really low. Right. Know. And she's just staring at that picture. The Linton School for Girls. Waverly Place. New York City. New, New York City. So we open up on chapter two. We'll come back and talk about the covers uh, that's in the back. But we're outside the house again. Hellboy and Sarah talk. She says she liked Miss Brooke, but Hellboy reminds her that he initially thought something bad was going on there. I liked the dog. I didn't like the brother, Sarah says. Hellboy wants to take Sarah back to Tom's, but she says she'll just stay with the lantern. 
and while he looks around. And he's reluctant to do it, and he says he wishes that he brought that magic shovel. So Sarah takes out a little notepad, she scribbles something on it, and she tells him not to look at it until he needs it, and don't forget he has it. I think that that's something Hellboy's probably very good at. He's yeah. got yeah. all those little pockets full of talismans and yeah, yeah. little little trinkets and knickknacks and yeah. gugaws and <laughs> they're for they're for this specific type of situation. So sure, sure. that would just kind of go in one of yeah. those specific pockets for yeah, yeah. just such an occasion. I like that, and I also like that he just accepts it. He's like, he's like, all right, what? He's like, oh, okay, well, okay. thank you. you know, like, he just puts it in thanks. his pocket. <laughs> Inside the house, we see Miss Brooke. I know what you're doing. I don't know what you mean. Don't give me that. You're thinking about that new girl. Sarah. <laughs> no, don't whisper it all creepy. <laughs> but let me remind you that we're here for Effie Cobb. Cobb. That girl was, <laughs> pronunciation corner, that girl was sorely used. And we're here for her to set things right. And see those bastards punished for what they did. Oh, no, Carl. What? You're in love again. Am not. Oh, please. And you're blind. On her best day. Your Effie Cobb couldn't hold a candle to what's in that little girl out there. She just needs a little nudge. (laughs) (laughs) Now just listen to me. No, Carl. You listen to me. We're taking a collective bow. No, we're not doing that. I'm not doing that. I am. Okay, you can. No, I'm doing a collective curtsy. That's okay. Hellboy is out exploring, and he finds the bridle that was used to turn Effie Cobb into a horse. We get some more fantastic recreations of The Crooked Man by Zach Howard. Really love these. So once Hellboy puts it together that Effie Cobb is free, he runs back to Sarah and finds her mesmerized by the photo. Um, when he goes, crap, and he runs off, I love that depiction of Hellboy. Right. He's got the little yeah. legs That's and everything. That's very Hellboy. It's really cool. Like, there are so many of these there panels. There are his spats. Yes. There are so many panels of Hellboy where I'm just like, ah, oh, this is just so cool. It's so cool. She's trapped in an oil painting. I mean, a photograph. There you go, right? <laughs> Um, For her point of view, she goes into the photo, and she's invited in by all these people. But she suddenly snapped out of it when Hellboy takes away the photo. Right. And he just starts tearing it up. He's like, yeah. You know what I mean? And she freaks out. (laughs) It's really good. She's like, don't do it. I love that. But I love that he just, he doesn't hesitate. He's like, yeah, I don't fucking like this. He just just rips it apart like a mystical artifact. He's like, nope. And she's like, oh, shit, what was that about? And he's like, I don't know. That sucked, though. Don't do it. But simultaneously, we hear a scream from inside the house, and we see that it's Amelia with the blood coming out of her so nose. So they, they run to investigate. I love, but I love the it, that like she was doing that. Yeah, yeah. she was controlling. But it's yeah. depicted so well. They don't it have is. To, no. They don't have to say, "Oh, you, we must have interrupted." the no. you know what I mean. The you signal or whatever. You get it. You right? get it from the storytelling alone, which yeah. is how it's supposed to I work with yeah. sequential art. So, well done. Hellboy runs off to check it out, and that's another one where I was like, ah, I love this. I love the little legs and the giant right hand of doom hanging there. She's instructing her her dog monster, Rava, kill him. So we thought that it was a dog monster earlier, but they faked it out. But it really is a devil dog, demon dog. dog, It's a a demon devil dog. A really cool design by Zach Howard on this, So it's a monster, though. It's not actually a dog. It's a monster. Yeah. So it's okay. But she's like, do not touch the girl, you know, so she gives it that command. So uh, we get some classic Hellboy one-liners, right? He says, bad dog, sit, as he's like doing his fighting thing. Really cool. I like that. I was surprised we didn't get a boom in here. I was going to say, a lot of corny, cheesy stuff, but no boom. I like it. I was saying, but no boom, though. Yeah, we got yeah. We got everything else except the I'm on your, I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with yes. you. It's good. 
So these amazing action shots are intermixed with Carl trying to sneak off and ignoring Amelia calling after him. Carl has Effie's body and he takes it down into the basement. A little bit of exposition. A little bit. Yeah. We also get some new information about the Crooked Man story. There's a giant crack in the ground, right? Yeah. And he says that's where the Crooked Man came into the world and after he was beat where he escaped back into hell. We also see that they have a star around it. Written, yeah. um, there's all these like sigils within the thing. Break. And, uh, and uh, there's all these sigils with it and it's surrounded by candles. Hellboy continues to fight the demon dog as Sarah watches on. So we see her there in the background. She's there as it's happening. Carl puts Effie on that crack in the ground and the candles are lit. And he does this spell, right? Uh, to imbue her with like power from hell or something like that, right? In his spell, he says, Kore, Persephone, Ereshigal. Right? So Persephone is queen of the underworld, and she is commonly known today by the Greek name, meaning destroy, slay, but she's also known by many other monikers and titles throughout Greek and Roman mythology. Initially, Wasn't she originally Mesopotamian? Initially, she was known as Kore, the, re- the maiden, huh. a reference to her determined virgin status and her role as the goddess of spring. Oh. So um, I thought that that was interesting. He mentions both names, but they're actually the same goddess. Okay. She's the goddess of spring and the goddess of the underworld. Right. So I guess it's two sides of it, or it was, I mean, I think across different cultures, they have different names for her. So anyway, that's interesting. He also mentions Urshigal. I wanted to shout out the Hellboy Wiki here for helping me out, because I was like, oh my God, how am I going to? Urshigal is an ancient Mesopotamian goddess of the underworld for whom... Almost nothing is known. She approached Ryman Diesel in the Hellboy universe. Oh, I was going to say, um, mm, that's not uh, correct. She's the one that approached Ryman Diesel, convincing him to be the first Black Flame. For the people who can't see what's going on, I made a big face. And yeah. John was like, no, 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 not just, yeah, anyway. No, just in the Hellboy just world. In the, yeah. <laughs> I made um, a big face, and he was like, no, 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 no. Rasputin described the Aldridge Jihad as the throne bearers of Urshigal, implying that she controls the seven ancient dragons. Her name was also invoked alongside Belial and Lucifer to summon Amduzius and Abe Sapien, Dark and Terrible. You can revisit episode 52 of the podcast. I think it's 52. I've been meaning to go back and renumber the episodes um, because I initially didn't number like the outtakes and stuff like that, but then it fucked it up on iTunes. So anyway, um, I think it's episode 52, but anyway, whatever. Um, you can find it. I'll link it in the show notes. Anyway, Carl uses this evil magic to imbue Effie with the power. Her eyes glow green and she starts to transform. Amelia finds him and she asks what he's doing. What we were sent here to do, he exclaims. And who do you think our master will reward, sister? It will be me, not... And then he obviously gets destroyed by this monstrous Effie called that's emerging. But what was he going to... Who are their... Who are their masters? Who are they... He mentioned several times that their mission was to do this. She needs to clip those toenails. She's going to get herself on the ankle. <laughs> Probably the devil, I think, is the answer. I was wondering <laughs> if it's like, is, is Gustav Strobel around Ooh. during all this? I don't think you it's know that deep. I, mean? I, think, I think this is, and here's the thing that I have with stories like this, is that in general, everything seems cool and fun until they get to the most boring thing that's been overdone a million billion times, which is something I'm just so sick of, of like witchy stuff is just purely evil and here comes christian lore to save the day so it's just boring at that point and so that's the only problem i really have with this story it's the same problem i have with all the other stuff that we've read is like here comes more christian lore oh boy i'm just sick of it so i don't know i think the master is probably just the devil or something boring like that yeah so i don't know i kind of like the idea of it being struggle 
That's a cool idea. I, I mean, it might I mean, be. Anyway, I don't know. Just an idea that I had while I was reading this. But when he gets crushed by the thing, she goes, uh, Miss Brooke goes, so much for that. I really, I thought that, that, yeah. that made me laugh. I thought that was a good line. She runs into Sarah, my little blackbird. Remember when I told you blackbirds have to fly? That's what she was going to say earlier. Beautiful. Yeah, and she turns into a blackbird and she flies off. That's awesome. So that's really cool. Yeah, I really like that. So they're obviously setting up something there with that character. We get this shot of Sarah. She says she calls out to Hellboy. I want to come back to this panel. We'll we'll come back and talk about it. Hellboy's fighting the demon dog again. Some incredible heart. This is just nuts. Yeah, it's yeah. Really, uh, the work that Zach Howard is doing here. And then we also see this mutated version of Effie that's now emerging. She crushed Carl, and now she's becoming this huge monster. She's like climbing out of the house as it's falling down. Right. There's some great sketches by Mignola. You know, he gave Zach Howard a little bit of direction, you know, on what this might look like as she transforms into this monster. So then she has a big fight with Hellboy. I thought this was some classic Hellboy stuff. He's like, uh, I have a big-ass piece of wood. And it's got your name on it, right? There's another. I um, love that. There's another when he fights um, Roger's brother. He goes, and now you've got a tree in your neck or something like that, right? And he does kind of like a similar thing. Anyway, that made me laugh. I really like that. Again, uh, Zach Howard just really wild. We get like Hellboy tangled up in the tongue. You know, it reminds me of him being tangled up in like the tentacles and stuff like that. Just some really cool classic imagery for the character. But uh, he hears Sarah calling out to him. She says, Hellboy the paper. So I think when you go back into that previous panel, you know, and she says, Hellboy, that's what she's doing. But she's also watching Effie turn into this giant monster because she was right there. Remember? Yeah. They showed her standing there. So she's seen both of these things and she's also calling out to Hellboy. So he remembers the paper. She said, don't forget that you have it. And then she had to remind him anyway. I thought that was cute. So he opens the paper and it's a picture of the shovel, and then it turns into the shovel. And when that falls into Effie's monster mouth, it blows up the whole thing. Now we get the boom. I guess they were saving it for this boom. moment. Yeah, but it's not a right-handed doom boom. It isn't. Magic shovel. Bet you didn't see that coming. And as Effie's dying, she says, Lisa I didn't die a horse. There's just like a nice little mood panel there at the end. Yeah. Hellboy always ends up like just in his little shorts with his belt. Yep. You know what I mean? In so many episodes. So uh, we get this scene at the end. I really like this. Uh, They're just, uh, him and Tom are just smoking on the porch, just like catching up. Hellboy apologizes for losing the shovel and Sarah, but Tom's cool with it. He says, don't beat yourself up about it, son. That girl, Sarah May, there's always been something special about that one. He says, I'm going to miss that shovel, but that girl, if she was dead, I'd know it. I'd feel it in my bones. Hellboy's like, I hope you're right. I am. She's out there somewhere, looking to find her place in the world, Tom says. So we see Sarah Mae. She's hitchhiking a ride. She says she's going to New York City. <laughs> New York City. In she's New York City. She's got the picture tape back together. Put that in there, John. So she must have had like some tape in her bag. Remember, she said she always got to be prepared, right? Oh, yeah. So she had some tape in there. And so is that good or bad? Right, because she was like mesmerized by the picture, and it was like, "Oh, come inside." What was going to happen if she did? I guess we're going to find out. I don't know. You know what I yeah. mean? I mean, it could go either way. I mean, because you know, this is the Hellboy universe, right? Right. I don't know. So I, I like this that it's kind of leading to something else. So you know, when we read this thing, these are the first two issues of the trade, and we've read all the other issues except for this one. You know, I think Mark Tweedo kind of put it that way, so that way 
this story is going to lead into something else. It's a great little book, and it's tough, though, because, like I said, it falls down at the same place that so many stories do. It's always just so disappointing to hit that wall and run straight into... Witches and witchcraft, bad. Christian lore, good. Yeah. You know, it's it's tiresome. Like, okay, more Christian lore. Yeah, yeah. Christian lore, good. I get what you're saying. It's just unoriginal. It's frustrating to see it crop up so much. That's all. It's just well, I mean, this is the Hellboy universe we're talking about. We're I get talking it. about demons. I know. And I get it. I get it. Demon lore as well. I know, but I, and I think there have been a lot of examples of. Oh, I think. I think there's room though. But that's what I'm yeah. saying. Is I think there's room for it to not get caught up in the same yeah. fucking tiresome spinning your wheels on this like. Absolutely insisting that Christian lore is good and witchcraft bad. I think that there's so much room in this universe to do something else. Because well, in the real world, we all know that's the fucking complete opposite. Yeah. So I just feel like you they I do something else. Well, I think also like I think they're trying to show a dichotomy like they're trying to show both sides of it because it's you've got Sarah May, she's the quote unquote good witch, you know, and then you have Effie Cobb who's the bad one. I think that that's what they're trying to do here is like she this but she's girl, aligned herself with Hellboy, who is, in fact, using uh, Christian sim- symbolism to save the day. Sure. That's what's that's what's interesting about the character is he's a devil and he's a good guy. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. That's but, the whole thing. But I just feel like wouldn't that mean the opposite of what's happened would have worked? Right. Like you would. I don't know. I just feel like it's it just gets tiresome. I see too much of it. And I, sure, I, I sure. expect more from this yeah. book by now. Well, I think that they're trying to do that with the Sarah May Blackbird sure, I get character. It. You know, these are these are some witches, quote unquote witches that are, you know, not necessarily right evil. They're doing they're helping they're helping Hellboy. They're My only point is that when it comes down to it, at the moment, at the crux, yeah, at the yeah. like the pinnacle of the story, sure, sure. that's what happens. And so I feel like there's room for other things to happen at yeah. this point. And I'm you know. Well, do something I always, else. I always kind of feel it was more of a um, mountain, southern, southern deep mountain kind of religious kind of thing. I know it's basically the same and all that, but I don't really see it as connected to the same thing as like organized religion in the church and stuff like that. I just that. can't see it. It's, it's Christian symbolism. Oh, yeah. When but, it comes down to it, it has saved but, the day. But then again, it's just like it also, it's, um, I've always believed it's not really what it is. It's just the power behind the person who's using the symbol. Then why couldn't it be any other symbol? Because that's not the one that was in the story earlier. Yeah, it's I know, a sequel but to the first story. So I get you're it. Also I get it. Image. Yeah. I was glad to see his hoovies. Yeah. Look at his hoovies. We get some great little, uh, uh, the little legs. His cloven hoovies. I love um, Zach Howard's depiction of Hellboy. It's really nice. If you're looking at the trade paperback version on page 147, you have the Mignola variant cover, which is really cool. Yeah. I love seeing some Mignola stuff. And then you also have the Zach Howard issue two cover. Demon dogs. You like a demon dog? I love a demon dog. Yeah. I love a diamond dog. But that demon dog just really needs a good belly scratch. Yeah. <laughs> he, he he just needs a, a piece of cheese. Yeah. He just needs a little piece of cheese. He needs a little piece of cheese for being yeah. a good boy. He's got to come out of the garden and, you know, he'll, yeah. he'll catch his death in the fog. So. If you have if you have a little dog and it can have a piece of cheese, then, then yeah. g- give it some. Sometimes you can't. But Sometimes if you, you can't, can. But if you can't, give it something else. Maybe a little like. spoon of peanut butter. Oh, okay. Sometimes uh, dogs like carrots. Sometimes they like carrots. That's true. That's really funny. Uh, my brother has a German Shepherd. Yeah. And it likes to play with a carrot, like a toy. It. He'll eat it. Yeah. But he just plays with it, too. Yeah. He just gnaws on it, and he throws it around and stuff like that. It's really funny. Has a good like, old you time. just give him a carrot, and he has, like, he entertains himself with it. <laughs> it's really funny to watch. But you could anyway. give me, you could give me as a very young child, like three, four years old, a pot from the kitchen. Yeah. I'd go in the backyard and make a big 
yeah. like mud and sticks cauldron. <laughs> like I put like leaves in there and whatever else. Nice, making a got a stew going. Yeah, it was stew going. Uh, a witch's a witch's cauldron. A good there. witch cauldron. Yeah. Well, not good. It's not good or bad. Witches aren't good or bad. I know. They just I'm are. Just, I'm just being an asshole. I, love uh, I know. Back to dogs eating things. One time, I took Jake to a friend's house, and um, he gave his dog a cherry tomato. And the oh and, wow, and and Can you know, she just this? oh yeah no that's fine. Oh wow, and he just ate it right up. And then he's like, Jake, do you want one? He's like, Yeah, I want Aww. one. He's like, He bites into it. And he's like. He didn't. He did not uh, like it. He no. did not like it. So anytime I try to give Jake a vegetable that in, that they can eat, sure, you know, sure, I sure. No, Google I got everything. you. Of course, yeah. He's always like, <gasps> he gets excited about it, and then he goes, oh, he doesn't <laughs> like <Yeah>. it. <laughs> my mama's my mama's pup named Obi Wan Kenobi. She named it that. Uh, would steal bell peppers out of the garden. Wow. And go and eat them, and she'd be like. Damn it, Obi-Wan. <laughs> Hello there. Bell peppers. Let us know if you have a demon dog and what vegetables it likes or doesn't like to eat. Yeah. Yes. And let us know what you thought of this episode. Um, I really enjoyed this issue, this uh, little two-parter. My nice. criticisms were not actual criticisms. Yeah. That's just my own personal fucking deal. <laughs> it, and, you know, overall, I, I thought it was a very yeah. enjoyable story. I had fun with it. I, I liked uh, I liked Sarah Blackburn. I liked Miss Brooke, too, for, you know, she was kind of like a sassy. Yeah. You know, she had yeah. a nice little quality to her. So I also I like liked her. the fact that she looked like a kid, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. We talked about that before. I love it. I was. This is a huge compliment to the artist because I fucking love it when artists are able to depict young people as young people and not just weird little freaks yeah. that don't look like anything except like a shrunken version of a weird adult. I saw this at work the other day. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. He's got a he's oh, got a depiction no. of a it's like a classic like uh, yeah. those it's old paintings. Glass where, window or those something. old paintings where babies just look like a tiny person. <laughs> a tiny adult. I saw that. I took a picture of it just to show you. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Thank you for doing that. So yes. thank you for being a, a uh, comic artist that actually can draw children or young people. Thank yeah. you for doing yeah. that. Yeah, I really again I, I really like Zach Howard. I like him I like him as a successor to Richard Corbin. It's good not stuff. that not yeah. that he's trying to like channel no, no. him or anything. He's obviously doing his own thing, but I think it takes the best things from that art style and from Same language. what Mignola d- yes. is doing Shall as we? well. You know, it's kind of like a nice mix. And there were so many panels of Hellboy where I'm just like, no, 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 no. I'm just eating it up. He's you right for the mean? story. It was really good. So, so it was yeah. A, it, was a great, it was a great story. And like we said, excellent storytelling. I mean, that takes a lot of yeah. skill to be able to tell a story right. with the art itself and not have to rely on a bunch of millions of boxes yeah. telling yeah. you, you know, what's going on. No, like. And so, yeah, good stuff. I like Sarah Blackburn, too, because uh, she had said in the story, like, Sometimes I can, she was going to tell Hellboy that sometimes she can do other things, too. He said, uh, don't worry about it. And he kind of cut her off. But, like, not only can she sense that things are going to happen, but she did that thing with the paper, too. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested in, like, what other things, he sh- what other abilities that what she I has. What I find interesting is that she's going through all of this without anyone to teach her anything. She's got no one to form an apprenticeship with. Right, right. You know, there's no one that can kind of mentor her through this. So she's sort of... Just figuring out things that along the way that she can do, which is interesting. But I wonder, I think it would be super interesting if she hooked up with Miss Brooke and maybe like learned some stuff. Well, well I, I think, think that's, that's what that's, she's, she's trying to I do. I think that yeah. that's what the story is kind of telling us is going to happen. I think next, there would be some know? funny scenes potentially of Miss Brooke being like, wait, you learned how to do this how let's see this. oh yeah. no like yeah. and the, you know it's kind of like well i just I, I do this and i do that and i oh my god how yeah. did you manage to do that without completely burning out 
all of the electricity in the entire state or whatever it was. Like, how did you do this without you're channeling this straight from whatever source and that's dangerous, don't you know? And she's like, Yeah, it's just whatever. Yeah. I just think it would be kind of funny of like, oh no, let me show you the proper way to do that. And she like can't do it yeah. because she's so used to be doing it well, a certain way. We'll have or to see. Um we'll have to see. I think um you'll be happy with next month's uh Hellboy Book Club, you know. Sure. Uh, so Mark put this strategically in our reading order so that way we could follow it up with something else. You know, so we'll talk. We'll talk about all that soon. Um, but yeah, I had fun with it. I really liked it. What about you, Aubrey? Oh, I loved it. You know, I like I like going back to these like old in the mountain stories yeah. kind of things. You know, because I mean, I love everything involved in Hellboy, but these earlier timeline stories where he's just kind of going to different places and solving problems. It's like it's just a lot of fun. Yeah, it's really you cool. Know? It has like that. Um, the old school Incredible Hulk, you know, yeah. uh, vibes or whatever, where he's just wandering around. I can't help but think, what if they didn't rely on the magical, mystical shovel with a big cross on it to save the day as a deus ex machina? What if they set it up to do that in the beginning of a story and be like, oh, don't forget the shovel. It's really important. And they use it and nothing happened. So then they had to use their witch powers to get them out of the jam. Oh, and now, oh, maybe I misjudged witches. They can be good. I don't know. I just feel like do something that subverts my expectations a little bit. Because I saw it the shovel in the beginning of the story and then like i saw it save the day magically and it was kind of like okay do something else i don't know well and that was something um also that uh i forgot to talk about that sarah may blackbird blackburn whatever it is uh she also did is she when tom said take it with you she said no you need it yeah so and then he needed it to fend off effie cobb and then it went to hellboy right in yeah. the paper so she also knew that it had to happen like that. He needed it first. They were both going to use it. What if he tried to use it and it didn't work? Sure. And yeah. he met his demise and it was super upsetting and sad. And so she had to find it within herself to make something else work. I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm this again. This is not a valid criticism. I understand that. This is my own personal kind of like I'm sick of it. Um. So that's not valid. But I just I guess I can't help but wonder. Yeah. Yeah. But I did like it. Like I said, there's a lot to love about the story, and I I feel like I have mentioned a lot that yeah, that I like about really it. So cool. I'm not trying to drag it down. It's good stuff. Good there's stuff. all through the story is good stuff, and well done, well yeah. done stuff, and and uh, well paced, and you know, excellent storytelling. Good stuff. Yes, I'm excited to hear what you guys thought. And now Aubrey's going to say all the things. All right, everybody, that was Hellboy and the BPRD: The Return of Effie. Cool, cool. Yeah, whatever you guys. Effie on the cab. Um, <laughs> Want to hear what you thought? Send us a hey, you damn guys at hellboybookclub at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook at Hellboy Book Club Podcast and on Instagram and Twitter at Hellboy Book Club. You can also find all of our resources on our Facebook about section. Our oh, Podbean, man, web Podbean website. <laughs> yes, Podbean webpage. You can see that Matt Strikebind comic. The end. Yes, on there. Um, yeah. Our Podbean website and our link trees on Instagram and Twitter. And as always, a special thank you to Paul from Glatahan for their listener feedback theme yes thank and you paul thank you only beast for the theme theme you're welcome <laughs> and thank you andrew adair for the Witchfinder theme Witchfinder. find the podcast wherever you get your podcast from and when you're there open it up and give us that five star review every little bit helps and if you're enjoying what you're hearing tell a friend have them join a book club five stars do it yes and if you're uh, also enjoying that uh, come join us over at book club member comics we're a lot of fun over there it's uh, basically the same thing it's over basically there. the same thing Just if you're looking um, for and, that. and for halloween times we're gonna have some cool stuff coming up Ooh, over there so yes i'm really excited times. for that so be checking us out next month join us next week over at book club member comics we'll be reading silver surfer from 2016 issues eight and nine by 
Dan Slot, Michael Alred, and Laura Alred. Yes, do it. So you guys know what to do. Pull out back issues, trades, issues, omnis. We'll be back in about a month over here at Hellboy Book Club. And join us next week over at Book Club Member Comics. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm John Salinas. I'm a I'm a dog monster. <laughs> I love it. And I'm Abu Lova saying, wow, that was dramatic. <laughs> yes. Yes.